You're listening to an Irreverent Podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hi, friends. Sarah here with a brief disclaimer. You are listening to a podcast about making space for other people as well as for yourself, which may mean that you're going to hear language and ideas and thoughts, not just about life, but about faith that are different than your own. My hope is that you will listen to this podcast with an attitude of space making, being able to hear things that are different from what you may interpret the world to be. It also may be different than how the hosts feel about the world. But again, we are working together to make a little bit more space for each other. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Making Spaces podcast, a podcast about making space both literally and figuratively for yourself and others. I am one of the hosts, Sarah. And I'm the other host, Josie. Josie, how are you doing? Um... Just found out my cousins from Mexico are coming this weekend to try to get vaccinated. So, um, okay, okay, little frustrated. <laughs> um, funny story this morning, I was looking through stories on Instagram mm-hmm. and I was looking at your story, and then you know, sometimes it like goes into the next person's story, but you don't know it's the next person's story. Mm-hmm. And my friend whose house kind of looks like yours. So you were like at your house talking and then they were doing a workout and I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was so confused. I was like, Josie's getting ripped. Nope. Not me. It was not you. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that your um, cousins are coming. I'm excited they're getting vaccinated. However, not. Yeah, it's a a whole ethical thing. You know, one of them, the husband is because he's a surgeon, but also there's the issue of they're rich, you know, and they can afford to try to come cheat the system. How nice for them. <laughs> well, the reason that I said I saw your story, your story was about India. And um, mm-hmm. it's just another glaring example of the fact that, you know, all of our resources are so pooled, right? Um, mm-hmm. And by our resources, I mean, the world's resources are pooled. And yeah. so we have situations where places like India are in, I mean, the photos are, I, I think everyone should look at them. I think everyone should, yes. read, and I think everyone should support. Um, there's different, uh, I have a friend who actually works with a hospital in India. So I was able to send money there knowing that, that it would go to um, making sure that the hospital staff and whatnot are able to uh, get PPE and all that. But my goodness. Yeah. I wish when you find out there's like yeah. stockpiled stuff in texas like there's too many in texas yeah i wish they would i mean and there's probably no good way to even transport it or whatever i don't know there it's is. like there is a good way it's a plane yeah i wish people would just send over those shots mexico however does not have a shortage so i don't feel bad <laughs> why can they not get it in mexico um she's just not in the tier they're doing older people like her mom has gotten it that she's just not next she's just impatient ah. you know so it's the tier. It's not the. Yeah, there's supply. She's just. Yeah. Her turn. That is hard. Yeah. And I mean, there's in L.A. County, there's lots of poor people who are not vaccinated because of whatever reason. So it's just it. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So other Medical than being frustrated with your family <laughs> and the state of the world, uh, how else are you doing? Um. Uh... I'm doing all right. I've been very busy this week. 
I hear you. I'm tired. I hear you but on that one. Make that money. So whatever. Um, I have some news for you. Uh, your place that you're moving into, they started working on it yesterday. Yeah. Holla. So it's kind of fun. Uh, Josie and I are literally going to be neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> We're making space for each other, literally. Um, and it, it's been really fun to, uh, yeah, they started putting up new, uh, like, I don't know what they're doing. They're redoing it. That's all I know. You should this, sneak in there and be like, hey, I know the person moving in. Can I check it out? I live like, upstairs. This is just between you and me and all of our listeners. I still <laughs> have keys. Mm. I, I was actually it. wondering that the other day if they were going to bother locksmithing I the place. I bet they won't until you come to move in. Yeah. They have Perfect. Yeah. So if the owners of our apartment complexes can hear this, they're not, I guess they're not really apartments, right? They're uh, condos because they don't, no walls attached to anyone else's walls. It really just depends on what they want to deem it as. Oh, speaking of a cop- apartment complexes, I had actually a terrible situation in my life yeah, that I forgot did. about. Yeah. And I'm going to say this to our friends and listeners. If you have a medically prescribed animal, support animal, and your apartment complex tries to give you grief, send me a message. Josie it takes the world on Instagram. It is illegal. They tried to like get us to fill out a form saying like we had to apply and they could accept or deny us. And Ryan and I, being the smart people that we are and doing our research, um, know for a fact that you just have to present the letter from the medical professional and then they can't say anything unless there's like stipulations, obviously, but doesn't apply to major companies who own dozens of apartment complexes. Mm-mm. It was very frustrating. You have legal rights, everybody. You do. But as soon as we mention like disab- like you're discriminating against our disability, then they really backpedaled really fast. It was they had to call like the president of the company and they're like apologetic. It was hilarious. Good. Good. And I mean, we could have not dealt with it because we're leaving in a month, but I know for a fact there's other people here with dogs who need their dogs. So just wanted to make sure. You also don't have a destructive dog. I would understand if it was like a barking, destructive dog. You don't have that. Sure, right? Yeah, she's a she's a sleeper. She's a sleeper, and she's helping with your anxiety, and she's, yep, that totally so. makes sense why that would be a frustration. This week, uh, I got to tell you my little thing before we hop into this very unique conversation <laughs> where conversations we're about to have Um the this week I had just incredible folks from my past uh, come into my life, and as I'm getting ready to transition out of my job and getting ready to move up for a little while to Oregon um, to work on my Airstream and all this sort of stuff that's happening, I've had a lot of anxious nights, not a lot of sleep, but I've also had a lot of people who are pretty incredible uh, step in and just be amazing. And one of those people was a former youth member of mine. So I was a youth pastor for six and a half years. And now she's this incredible adult, like just the neatest person ever. And she came over last night uh, to do what we're calling uh, drink of choice, the doc meeting. So she's very into wine, which is so fun. She's 24. So she's very into wine. And we sat and talked and we were just sort of talking about the past and things that like maybe haven't gone in our way. And she has this incredible thing where I was saying, oh, but this didn't happen. And then she said, yet. And she would just say yet after everything I was, you know, and it was honestly one of the, you know, I've heard about changing 
but to and, right? This happened, but, you know, to instead saying and. Um, but this idea of saying yet after everything, it's so hopeful. And um, I just want to challenge people. If you've got some things that you are bummed about how it hasn't worked out, um, maybe have a practice of having someone in your life that says yet or be that person for other people because that was pretty incredible. And then the best part was, and the neatest thing was for her to say to me, where do you think I learned how to be like this? And it, uh, the thing I was talking about was the fact that I don't have kids and how sometimes that is really hard for me um, to think about a future without kids. Although I kind of like my life right now, so I don't know how <laughs> kids would fit into it, but sometimes it's hard for me because I, when I was their youth pastor, I was in a really serious relationship that was headed toward marriage and him and I were talking about kids. And so um, the fact that that hasn't worked out that way um, I just love her outlook. So that's little thing. Speaking about outlooks, speaking about p- people from our past, today's episode is a very special episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, we're going to tell you that uh, it's going to be in two languages, potentially yes. three, if my mom and I get going. <laughs> um, probably just two. Uh, uh, we wanted to do something special for Mother's Day. We wanted to talk. We know that we talk about Josie's mom. Now we're yes. going to talk to Josie's mom. Now, yes. is your mom going to listen to this episode? Because she's going to hear you uh, no, talking about your cousins. Not. She was absolutely. And also, this is exactly my don't lie to my parents. I, um, you know, I don't lie to my parents. They know what I do. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Um, so she know I've told her to her face. I was like, um, this is unethical and I will not be participating. And then she got mad at me, but then she got over it. Because, you know, once you bring in ethics, they're just like, I guess. Oh you are raised right or whatever you know i guess <laughs> so yeah. josie uh will be interviewing her mom in their native language and i will be interviewing my mom in her native language which is english <laughs> um british english um to talk about space making and where we got these ideas from and even this idea of uh making space for others and where we learned it from and maybe the positives from that. So I'm really excited about these conversations. Uh, so if you are not someone who understands uh, Spanish, the second part of the episode might be difficult for you. Yes, I um, did my best to try to translate, but you know, sometimes your mom gets you going and it just doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is we're going to say things on the front of this episode that we normally say at the end, which is uh, you can find us at makingspacespodcast.com. You can find Josie at Josie Takes the World. You can find me at Rev Sarah Heath. You can find our closest friends. I don't They're not really our closest friends, but they're pretty <laughs> close. Uh, a reverent media group. Um, you can find us at a reverent underscore fm yes if you're going to Mm -hmm. and a lot of exciting things are coming up with those partnerships and also you can support us on patreon but all of that information is at makingspacespodcast.com please subscribe and leave comments because um that is just the best way for us to continue to grow as a show yeah unless you have something negative to say then hop into my dms homie let's see what you have to say then (laughs) Because I wish I was so competitive in the morning. Friends, we hope you enjoy these conversations and we hope that they help you um, to maybe make a little bit more space in your life.
friends, I'm really excited to introduce to you um, the person you can either thank or blame for my existence. This is my mom, Chris, Christine Heath, or Chris, as those of us close to her call her, or I just call her mom. Uh, mom, how are you doing today? I'm okay, I think. Um, <laughs> a little uncomfortable, not in my usual space. But yeah. My mom is not, um, you're not a fan of speaking in public, are you? I can do it. <laughs> That's do not I what I asked. <laughs> no, well, some people can't do it. I can speak in public, but you I just, don't love doing it. No. Well, thank you for agreeing to do this for me. Um, Josie and I wanted to do a special uh, Mother's Day episode where she's going to talk to her mom and I'm talking to my mom. She's going to be speaking in Spanish, um, oh. which will be really fun. We could I speak will not be speaking in <laughs> <laughs> No. We can speak in Canadian or British. We can say things no. like Chesterfield and I don't know what other words we can say. Um, mom, we always start the show. Eve's trough. Eve's trough. There you go. We always start the show by asking the question, what is your favorite space and why? So if you were going to think, because really the truth of the matter is I learned how to be a space maker because of you, but I would love to hear, and it can be like a theoretical space. It can be an actual space. What is your favorite space and why? Oh, dear. Um, I think my favorite space is being with people that I enjoy being with. And um whether it's even on Zoom through this COVID time. So that, and why? Because there's the connection. What I don't like though, is being in spaces with a lot of people that I don't like. And that <laughs> <sounds> really... <laughs> That's pretty obvious, mom. <laughs> so I wouldn't say, I mean, I love people, but there are some, and, and it's been a particularly divisive time. And I, I, I'm not even going to go to say which side, but I do find it very uncomfortable listening to some people. Yeah. But if they're, you know, and, and yet I don't want to stay in my ivory tower and not communicate at all, because I think that's the danger of today. But sometimes it is difficult to step out and uh, meet people. But I think you have to respect people. Yeah, I think it's so fascinating because you've lived, gosh, I would say a bunch of lives in one in that you have been a nurse, you have been mm -hmm. a, uh, a, like a teaching assistant, you have been mm -hmm. the director of a preschool, you have been mm -hmm. um, like on the art boards, you have done all kinds of things in all kinds of different spaces. And I think you've always done really well with people who are very different than you, but the last couple of years has been particularly hard, I think, just with political climates. Is that fair to say? Well, it's not just people who are different. It's, oh dear, how, how can I say this and not? It's the, in your face, cruelty yeah. behind yeah. some. And it's the way, even just in comments made on say Facebook, because that's, that doesn't have to be just Facebook. But I guess anonymity, but so why even say some of the things and some of it's not even related to the topic, but just nastiness. And it's that kind of, 
or, or just putting rhetoric out. But when you sit and analyze the rhetoric, there may be hate behind it, but other, no other purpose. And that's what's bothering me. But people who are different, I find fascinating, as long as they're willing to accept my difference, too. Yeah, and that's a, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's part of the problem, is that if you're not in my box, then somehow you are hurting me. And that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no one's going to be surprised. I grew up in a fairly progressive home um, because we are, well, we're Canadian. Well, you're British. But um, I think that learning to make space definitely came from you. I remember um, whenever we would, a kid would be difficult, you would always ask us, like, what do you think the reason behind it is? Mm -hmm. um, what do you think caused them to be this way? And I mean, it was really frustrating as a third grader to think, oh, maybe they have a rough home, but it was really helpful, I think, to think <laughs> through the difference. Like, yeah. I really want to hate this kid. And you're like, what if something happened to them? And anyway, um, when when you think of the word space maker, because it's both literal and figurative, right? So I, you, you're, however you want to think about it, what do you think space maker, like, what does that mean to you? You hear that somebody okay. is a space maker. I've been criticizing myself lately because we have so much stuff. I don't have a lot of things. So I'm definitely not a space maker. <laughs> and I'm trying to achieve that, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. Um, I think, yeah, making room for other people, other people's ideas, other people's um, way of doing things, accepting somebody who is different. Um, or somebody who is the same, but making them comfortable. Um, so I, I would take it more as a, not necessarily a physical space, but giving people the ability to be themselves without criticism is a space. It sounds a little bit like uh, not being threatened, right? Yeah. Like not being afraid yeah. of other people's, like, oh. Well, that's... not making other people afraid. Like um, mm -hmm. hopefully that, Oh, I'm so good at doing this, but you 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 don't have the ability to do it. That kind of you know, or this is the only way to think, or whatever you know. It's just uh, giving people the ability of, of all because of who you are. I can't say what I think, but giving people the freedom to get their true thoughts, you know, and appreciate those true thoughts. Um, one of the questions that both Josie and I have is, who is your favorite child, and why is it me? Just kidding. <laughs> That's not our favorite. That's we literally wrote it down, but don't answer that, Jonathan Woodburn. Um, uh, he may, yeah, he might not be very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josie and I both have older siblings, so we can um, fight over who's the favorite child. She also has a younger sibling. Um, when you think about space making in like a daily practice, what do you think is a daily practice that people have for making space? For me, it's listening to see what people are actually saying. And I'm trying very hard because like you say, the last COVID and certain other political pressures have made it very difficult. So I've tried to um, give people space to say what they, without prejudging what they're going to say. But that doesn't mean I'm going to let go of my own opinion. And uh, so, it has meant that I've kind of pulled some friendships 
I've never, I haven't closed anybody out, but um, you know, it's being difficult that way. But I think remaining open and remaining listening and, and encouraging people to. Um, You've been around for a while. I won't say how long. Um, and you've lived in three different countries. Uh, what are you, as you say, like, what do you think is the ability? Uh, how have you seen people change? Have you seen people change? Have you seen people change for the better? And what do you think was, as I just think about you making space for people, have you seen people be able to move in a way that might be more, um, yeah, space making for others or just move in a more healthy way for themselves? Like, have you seen that over? That's one thing that I have to say a lot of my uh, older friends have said to me is like, in, you know, at my age, I've seen people change. And so I believe in that. Have you seen people mm -hmm. shift in their beliefs? I think I, I was feeling that very much until just recently. And then mm -hmm. it's been the rigidity. It's been the, you know, you can predict almost what media people have. And I think technology has made a big difference in that too. We don't realize what the mean, what, what all of our abilities artificial intelligence and in that what it's going to actually mean and how to influence people. Um, so just lately, I think I'm a little afraid that the movement towards opening up um, has taken a little bit of a hiatus, but I, I, I'm still hopeful. And I have to admit that uh, now that COVID it isn't over, but that there is a little bit more freedom to speak and to meet, uh -huh. that uh, there is a little bit more patience with some people. Um, they've, they've learned that they didn't like being isolated and have needs. So maybe I will listen to what you have to say a little bit, at least just in two very small get togethers that we've had. Um, one was uh, the choir. We met in a back facility, uh, a big room that was really outdoors, um, although mm -hmm. there were walls up, but it was open. And to say goodbye to the students, um, we had a, a Mexican order what you want meal. And there were probably about eight tables with five people at a table, but otherwise they were really spaced out and that. So it was, you know, it was a pretty safe environment being outside. And it was, it was very joyful. People were just happy to be able to be together and talk and the students mixed in, you know, it, there weren't clumps of students in one area and older people in another. It was all, it was uh, quite a lively conversation for a couple of hours. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I picked up both from you and dad is this idea of the importance of intergenerationalism um, in friendship. Uh, mm -hmm. People find it fascinating, but I have friends who are in their 80s and mm -hmm. I have friends who last night I had a 24 year old over and I learn and gather so much from them. Um, and I think it's because you let go of some of the assumptions, right? Like, I don't assume that I know what your life experience is. I think sometimes there is a, a temptation to not listen to people because you think, oh, you don't know what life is because you're 24 or, oh, exactly. I know what you think about life because you're 80. 
And the truth is, is I'm constantly surprised. Oh gosh. Yeah. Do you know who taught us that? Who? It was Granny Kay. <gasps> Granny Kay. Yeah. Sarah knows who, a lady that was a neighbor, but she became a mentor to me. And uh, our grandparents did not live in the same town. This lady became very much a grandma substitute. For, yeah, she was my grandma. And her last name, her, her name was Kay. So that was what we were to call her as Granny Kay. And, and Granny Kay, if you asked her how old she was, it was always 115. She wouldn't tell us how yes. old she was. Um, yes. And she passed she away. she played tennis until oh, she gosh. was. Who knows how old she was. It, and well into her 70s. Anyway, she was still playing tennis. And she's from British Guyana, right? Originally? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful woman. Oh, oh, just beautiful. But she was the kind being of person. Being from the islands. She, she would always say, being from the islands. And she really expanded her table to include us for all things right and yeah you know I hung out at her house like Dennis the Menace um I really was the Dennis the Menace of our neighborhood when I think about all the houses I just (laughs) I'm here of course you're happy I'm here hello (laughs) whereas my older brother is like don't go I'm so embarrassed yeah I embarrass my brother still do um, <laughs> I think that was, I learned so much. You're right. I think granny Kay taught me, you know, cause she was from a different culture yet. She in so many ways raised me. And also like you guys would sit and hang out and talk and it was always lovely, you know, um, she and her made, granddaughter is her granddaughter really, was my best friend growing one up. Of those life, one of those very lifelong friends. Well, lifelong you, friends. you can just call anytime. It doesn't. You don't have to spend a lot of time. Doesn't matter. And she, you know, her granddaughter stayed with us for a long time when her family was going through difficult things one summer. I mean, it's just always been this idea of shared family and community. And I think sometimes we have to like remember those moments. I think, you know, Mother's Mother's Day can be such a painful day for people because they might have like a adversarial relationship with their own mother. Um, and yet, or have just lost their mom or have just lost their mom or, or like me have always wanted to be a mom and aren't. Um, and that can be painful. You know, the, the -hmm. Sundays when everyone is celebrating the moms in the community and now they're a lot younger than me and I'm like, Oh, okay, well, here it is. I think. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. We do a more of a favor for all of us, for our collective gratitude to think about not just the, like, like not just the actual mother figures, but the people who have played like a mothering role. So I always call it mothering Sunday. Cause I think about Mm -hmm. like what a joy it is to think about granny K as part of my life and how that formed me. All thoughts with granny K bring a smile, you know? Yeah. And I I still think of her as being alive because her memory for us is so alive, Yeah, you know, like, I can hear her voice. I mean, it's been how many years since she passed? And she passed in the way that Granny Kay should pass, just sitting on her couch. Who knows how old she was when she passed? No one. (laughs) Uh, I think it's wonderful when we can make space for other people in our families. And I think that's one thing, too. I think I'm really grateful for with our family is that it's always been a plus one situation. You could always just, you know, oh, that person can come if 
we're having a meal. Oh, this person can come. Um, I think about like our family reunion shirt because our our nuclear family is tiny. <laughs> it's just me, you, dad, Jonathan. That's it. And so, and Jonathan has two kids. But when we had our family reunion, which is a big joke in the South, we made T-shirts and we had these little branches coming off that were just all of our friends because they are part of our family, right? Dad actually wore that shirt this morning. I've totally forgotten about it, but dad worked out at the gym. In <laughs> that shirt. In that shirt. Perfect. If you can't tell listeners, our family has a lot of fun together. Um, well, I should wrap up because we are going to have uh, Josie's mom on, which will be really great. Um, hopefully they won't yell at each other, but they might. <laughs> Mike, um, last question I want to ask is what is one thing that people can do? You said listening earlier, but what is another thing that people can do for if they want to make space either literally or figuratively for other people? What do you think? Oh, um, listening, I guess is such seeking out though. That's one of the things that I enjoyed being on the Hattiesburg Arts Council. Um, it was listening to what people wanted, you know, and giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to support local artisans and give to children and in schools, but also doing, um, they weren't the big shows. And there wasn't a big Nashville show, you know, so, so things like that. Um, participating, listening and participating. Listening and participating is a great thing. That's a really good answer. Don't make that face. You did great. (laughs) I wasn't. This is like one of the greatest (laughs) gifts you could give me because I know that for you, this is really outside of your comfort zone. So thank you. I'm going to stop recording, but we can still keep talking. Ready? Hey friends, this is Josie. This is the bilingual section. Do not be frustrated if you um, do not understand Spanish. You can go ahead and leave now. Whatever. It's fine. But if you are bilingual and do speak Spanish, welcome to the Making Spaces interview of Josie's mom, Susana Jimenez. What up, girl? Introduce. ¿Cómo se dice? Introducción. Pues sí, pero tú, introdúcete. ¿Cómo se dice? Ah, ¿Así sí. se dice? A ver. Hello, mi nombre es Susana Jiménez, como mi hija lo dijo. Y yo soy um, mexicana. <risa> ¿De dónde vienes? ¿De, de qué parte de, de México? Sinaloa, México. Oh, oh, oh. If you don't know, um, she said that she went to, she's from Sinaloa, Mexico, which happens to be the bougiest state. Think El Chapo. <laughs> ¿Verdad? Sí. Es el más famoso que viene de Sinaloa, ¿no? Y hay muchas otras cosas famosas en Sinaloa, no nada más eso. Okay, my bad, my bad. Damn, damn, my bad. Okay, ama, siempre empezamos un episodio eh, con una, que le damos una pregunta al el que estamos entrevistando. Uh-huh. Y la pregunta es, ¿cuál es tu espacio favorito y por qué? Mi espacio favorito en qué o en dónde? Literal, no literal. Como quieras 
Bueno, mi espacio favorito es en mi casa. Estar en mi casa con mi familia alrededor de mis, de mis cosas, de mis cosas que hago en mi casa. Y pues nada más ahí. ¿Y por qué no más porque es tu casa? Porque son dos cosas. Pues porque me gusta estar en mi casa. <risa> y uh, dijiste que te gusta andar entre tus cosas, entre lo que haces en tu casa. ¿Qué haces en tu casa? ¿Qué cosas haces en tu casa? ¿Qué haces en tu casa? Bueno, como una ama de casa que siempre está en su casa, cocinándole a su familia, limpiando su casa, inventando a ver qué haces en tu casa. Me gusta mucho decorar. Cambiar, mover mis muebles, limpiar y pues lo que se hace en una casa. Well, no todos lo hacen así. Not everybody does it like my mom does it. She um, is a bit of an interior decorator. She changes her house. ¿Cuántas veces cambia la casa? Ya, ¿cuántas veces van? <laughs> bueno, pues, <laughs> en el año varias veces cambió decoración de mi casa. Yes, seasonal, um, not seasonal, holidays. There was one Thanksgiving where she made my dad build a gazebo in the house. ¿Cómo se llama? Mm -hmm. Una, mm -hmm. ¿cómo se llama? En español. Um, ¿Cómo se llama? Pues sí, gazebo. Well, yeah, it looked like it. it was like a little archy, not an arch, but kind of like a chupa. Ya, yeah. um, dijeras que eres <laughs> poquito exagerada, ¿cómo diseñas tu casa? No me siento como que soy exagerada porque hay gente sí exagerada. Uh -huh. Yo no me siento como si yo fuera exagerada. Pero te gusta que sea como finito, bougie, nice. Sí, me gusta que sea con detalle... Um, limpio, delicado, mm -hmm. elegante. Mm -hmm. Yes, bougie en sí. inglés. Otra pregunta. ¿Qué significa, porque en este podcast hablamos mucho de lo, los espacios literales y los espacios, ¿cómo se dice? Figuratively. O sea, espacio, pues que no sea literal. Haciendo espacio para gente en el mundo, por ejemplo. Hablamos de eso. ¿Sí para introducir a gente en el mundo o para... Como... We make space for other people in our lives. O sea, como en el racismo es haciendo espacio para la gente para que ya no vea racismo. Mm, ok. Cambiando mentes, espacios, cambiando instituciones para que sean más inclusivos de todo, toda la gente. ¿Me bueno, dependiendo de qué sea, porque Ajá. si yo, yo digo, en, hay muchas casas que necesitan orden, que necesitan <risa> limpieza, que necesitan, Ajá. y a mí me gustaría poder ayudar a ese tipo de gente, darles el espacio para que se mm. introduzcan a mí, poder ayudar a ese tipo de gente para que pueda ser un poco más ordenada, mm. ser más limpia, que puedan poner algún detalle en su casa, que puedan hacer algo en su casa, 
um, por el beneficio de por el ser beneficio mi, por el ambiente pues sí para su propia familia para que se sientan mejor para que sean más más confortables entre familia y en espacios que no sean tan literal que no son como casas, pero son instituciones. ¿Qué significa para ti ser alguien que hace espacio para otra gente? A space maker. Bueno, como yo, como una institución, diríamos, en mi iglesia, uh -huh. es darle la entrada a la gente que, que no conoce de Dios o que, que aún conociendo de Dios, hay gente que tiene problemas dándoles espacio para que se sientan a gusto y que se sientan bienvenidos y que se sientan amados, que se sientan que pertenecen a algo o en, en una familia. O eso es lo que yo podría hacer y lo que hago en mi, en mi iglesia, en la comunidad de mi iglesia. Muy bien, la iglesia. Iglesia. Pues tu iglesia hace bastante para la comunidad, ¿no? Sí, nos, nos enfocamos mucho en ayudar a las personas necesitadas y, y las personas, uh, diríamos, de bajos recursos, las que necesitan de, de apoyo financiero, de apoyo en sus casas, de, de apoyo um, psicológico, de, en, de todo lo que involucra una familia, lo que es, es en sí la familia, es, es la iglesia, para eso estamos la iglesia. Y eh, tú como una persona, como una ser humana, ¿cómo haces espacio para otra gente en tu vida literal y no literal? Mm. Cuando uno hace espacio en, para otra gente en la vida, cuando uno está ya mmm, predispuesto a, a, a ver las cosas bien, la gente misma se introduce a ti. Yo a veces no necesito uh, hablarle a una mujer, ella llega a mí, ella llega a mí y pues yo le doy el espacio de poder entrar a mí, a, a lo que me cuenta, a lo que me diga o simplemente con una sonrisa volteo y la veo y me sonrío y ya esa persona se abre y me deja entrar a ella a yeah. poder hablar con ella. So she's saying that she gives space for other people to come talk to her about anything. Uh, she gives them a little smile, a little wink, a little whatever. And that is like the introduction to making space for them in her life and to make space for themselves in their own lives. Mm -hmm. um, tú... ¿Has hecho varias cosas en tu vida? ¿Cómo que? Uf. Bueno, pues primeramente en el servicio al Señor toda mi vida, desde que estaba muy chiquita. En, en la comunidad, a, a la iglesia. En... Pues yo me estoy refiriendo, quiero que me digas, <ríe> lo que quiero que me digas mm. es desde que yo era niña, Siempre has estado involucrado decorando ah, sí. todos lados que te dejen. Sí, sí, esa es una de mis pasiones, el, el decorar, el, el hacer arreglos 
orales, el decorar detalles, poner detalles en cualquier cosa, en, en decorar de Navidad. En... Mis hijas me dicen que soy exagerada, pero nunca es exagerada cuando se trata de la Navidad o cuando se trata de Thanksgiving. Nunca es, nunca es mucho. Siempre, She has to do the most. Siempre es, uh, es algo que, que no es de más. Es algo que me apasiona mucho el, el decorar, el, el este, diseñar. El, eso es mi pasión. ¿Y qué crees que es detrás de, ese, de esa pasión? Wow, deep thing. Pues yo lo veo como, como, ya lo trae uno y detrás de esa pasión es, pues no, no, así como los arquitectos diseñar, escribir, los escritores escribir, los maestros enseñar. Y a mí el diseñar, la pasión que hay detrás, pues yo de crear. Soy muy creativa, muy... Más que todo es eso, crear. She likes to be very creative, everybody. ¿Qué emociones invocan tus diseños? Navideños, por ejemplo. Bueno, las emociones, <risa> cada, cada cosa que se diseña son diferentes emociones. El, los arreglos florales uh, siempre, nunca me salen igual, nunca son uh -huh. iguales, siempre son diferentes, siempre son el color de la flor o para quién son, dependiendo la, el que me inspire, en qué me inspire. En la Navidad, pues me inspiro en, en como para una fiesta de mis hijas, de mi esposo, de quien sea, es por la persona, para mi hija, para mi esposo. En Navidad es por la que celebramos el, el nacimiento de Jesús. Entonces, eso es mi pasión, decir, oh, ok, estoy celebrando algo muy especial y eso me, me hace que, que se vean las cosas diferentes porque... No es el colgar, el poner, el, eso no es. Es el, el ver cómo lo haces, el ver cómo, para quién lo haces o, o el amor que le tengas a lo que estás haciendo o por quién lo estás haciendo. Y por eso no me dejaste ayudar. <risa> my mother never let me put things on. Pero porque las cosas que tenía mi mamá son muy bonitas y muy delicadas y yo no soy delicada. Uh, ¿Verdad, mamá? Mm, no, ellos tenían su propio árbol. ¿Y qué hacías cuando bueno, terminabas de decorarlo? Ellos lo decoraban, pero yo se los arreglaba. Le era el toque de la mamá nomás. So we, when we were little, some years, we would have our own Christmas tree and we would decorate it however we wanted because we weren't allowed to touch the big Christmas tree because it was fancy and fragile. And once we were done, my mom would go in and fix it because <laughs> we did it wrong. Um, está bien, no, no me tramó, está bien. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, ¿Y qué crees que son las diferentes diferencias que tenemos tú y yo? Porque las dos somos muy creativas, ¿no sí. crees? Sí. Pero somos muy diferentes. Sí, y las dos somos muy apasionadas en lo que hacemos, sí, sí es cierto, eso sí es cierto. Pero ¿qué en tus ojos son las diferencias? La diferencia es en, 
en el detallar. Josephine es muy creativa, muy, muy um, activa, muy... Es igual a ella lo que le apasiona, lo hace y lo hace bien, pero es muy desesperada, muy <risa> arrebatada, muy ya pronto y whatever. Y yo, yo no, si voy a poner una flor, tengo que ver cómo se va a ver la flor y limpiar alrededor de la flor, <risa> moverlo. Y yo se fino, es poner la flor y ya ahí está. O hacer lo que hace ella, diseñar sus aretes, sus cosas. Y ya diseño ya lo que viene. Y no, <risa> yo me puedo pasar uh, un mes, todo el mes de, de noviembre poniendo las cosas de Navidad. Y, y no, y todavía se llega Navidad y sigo poniendo el detalle de Navidad. <risa> y ahora la contratan allá en México los familiares a poner los árboles. <risa> Pero no le pagan, qué chiste. Qué chiste, güey. ¿Por qué no andas cobrando? Bueno, es al principio nada no. no, Al principio, whatever. It's the aunts and uncles and cousins, you know. Nunca le van a pagar, está bien, whatever. Regalo navideño, es fine. Um, ok, última pregunta. Okay. ¿Qué es una manera en que alguien, no necesariamente tú o yo, pero alguien, que alguien pueda hacer espacio para otra gente en el mundo, para sí mismo, Okay. Primero para poder dar espacio a otra gente es verte a ti misma y poder darle espacio tú. Cuando tú te das tu espacio y cuando tú dejas uh, las puertas abiertas, no en, en esta manera de no estar cerrada a ti, esto es mío y solo mío, 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 y aquí ya nadie cabe, no. Es, esto es mío, pero yo lo puedo compartir con los demás y yo puedo abrir a los demás para que pueda uh, poder ser más y abrir más gente. Yo pienso que, que el aceptar cosas de nosotras, que el aceptar cosas de nosotros los seres humanos uh, y poder soltar cosas, no dejar dentro las cosas, entonces eso que abre espacio para poder escuchar, dar, dar a los demás y no, no estar así. No, en el mundo no somos solos, en el mundo estamos todos para compartir, para ayudarnos y para poder a, ayudar y apoyar a los demás. You heard it here first, folks, or not first, but you heard it here. Um, you have to make space for yourself in order to make space for others. You need to open yourself up to change and space making. And yeah, don't be afraid of conflict too. Let it out, let it out. Be, be Mexican like the rest of us. Just fight about it and then let it go. Let it out and let it go. Rama? Yes, yes. Uh, sorry, white people. Gonna let it out. Anyways, thank you, mom, for being on the podcast. Yes, it's very difficult. Bueno, it's my first time. And I hope you regreses para otro episodio en español bilingüe, pero más en español. <risa> ok, aquí estaré. Bye. This has been an irreverent media podcast.